0: Seat geek. I think baseball games can be a great first date. I mean, like, why not, right? Who made up this rule? There's nothing more romantic than two people sharing their passion, especially if you have great seats. Because then you can make it to the kiss cam, and if you make it and he kisses you on the kiss cam, and then, you know, it's real. It's the real deal. Like ring stuff, wedding stuff.
1: Get your seat tickets to
2: sports, concerts, and live events. Seat Geek, get your seat in a seat.
1: Use promo code Bronx Machachos and save $20 off your first purchase. Did he go? Yes, he did. More Yankee history as Garrett Cole now passes Ron Guidry for the most strikeouts in a single season in Yankee history. 249, passing, number 49, Ron Gittredd. Hot yeah. yeah. half, deep into
3: history. He's done it.
4: He has done it. 62.
0: I'm Donna, I'm Kelsey, and we are the Babes Babe. You're listening to the Bronx Muchachos, Florida's number one New York
2: Yankees podcast. Yo, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the newest edition of the Bronx Muchachos podcast. I'm your host, Mark. Tonight, we got one crowd with us.
1: We got Dave. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another thrilling Thursday night. We got Danny
3: here was good everybody.
2: And for those watching we have a couple of guests we will be we will be introducing momentarily uh, but you all know by now you guys know the drill rate subscribe review like on all major platforms like Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Odyssey you know the drill uh, for everyone watching the show right now, hit that subscribe button hit that like button let us know what's up hit us up in the chat see what's going on. And um, also, just to let you guys know, we've, we have our own um, web page now, which is www.bronksmachachos.com. Check it out there. Go check out our merch store there. Uh, go check out our, our link for our Amazon store for Fanatics memorabilia and also articles that we have been writing all over the place. So without further ado, Dave, please introduce our guests tonight.
1: Well, this one's been a long-awaited uh, in the in the waiting in the winds type of deal. We are honored to be joined by Kelsey and Jonna from the Babes Babes podcast. Uh, they started about May time frame, if I'm, if I'm getting this right, um, and they've been in the podcast game ever since then. They've had some exciting content come out, been following them ever since uh, Jonna was a guest on Section 420 Talking Yankees with our good friend James Zeiss. And that's where I got the inspiration to bring both of these ladies on with us along for the ride. So ladies, without further ado, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourselves to our audience who may or may not know who you are and uh, say hello to everybody.
4: Yeah, well, thanks for having us, guys. Um, I'm Jonna. I, as you mentioned, um, with Kelsey, started Babes, Babes podcast. Um, We kind of started throwing around the idea in like January, and then I think we kind of Had a little bit of a soft launch in February. Um, And yeah, we've been going strong ever since. And Kelsey will tell you all about her solo podcast that she also has, which is how I found her um, in the first place. And yeah, diehard Yanks fan my whole life. And yeah, it's just a pleasure to be here with you guys.
0: Yeah, thank you for including me, even though I am the lone non-Yankees fan <laughs> in the crowd tonight. Uh, but I actually did live in New York City for years, and I suppose uh, if I had an American League allegiance, it might as well be the Yankees because actually the only playoff game I have ever been to is a Yankees game. I went to the ALDS in 2012 uh, when I was living in New York. But I'm Kelsey. I'm at KBird Tweets on Twitter and all the good social media platforms. But I am an actor, singer turned operations professional who was looking for a creative outlet. And I started my podcast, Peace, Love and Baseball in September of 2022, connected with Jana on Twitter, which I will forever call Twitter. So if you're calling it something else, I don't care. That's what I'm calling it. And uh, we were lucky enough to connect that way and find each other and be, you know, the most dedicated fans of the two most winningest teams in Major League Baseball. So yeah, the rest is history. We're we're going strong and having fun. That's
1: what it's all about, honestly.
2: All right, excellent, excellent. So we've had uh, so even though both of our teams, uh, for better words, uh, sucked this entire year. <laughs> uh, there's you know there's a, there's a lot of things going Run, on in baseball. You know, I, you know, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. They sucked. They really, they really did. Both, both teams. As I'll say one thing. It's crazy enough how, you know how bad it was. I mean, you got for for Kelsey Nolan Aronado, who's who should have like the the third base Gold Glove named after him, wasn't even put on the the finalists this year, which was a shock beyond belief. What do you? Let, let's let me throw it down that way. What do you? How do? was your thoughts on that, Kelsey?
0: You know, I wasn't terribly surprised. He had a down year overall. Um, I, I mean, I still think I would not have been surprised or disappointed or thought it was, you know, just for show if he was nominated, because he he was still very elite, even in a down year, but he certainly didn't put up the type of numbers, um, especially just, just hard statistics that we typically see from him. And that was actually the number one thing on my mind yesterday when the Gold Glove Awards, the finalists were being announced was. I wonder if this is going to be the year, and that's certainly the first time in his career that we've even had the thought that he might not be nominated. But yeah, that's a, a waving red flag <laughs> among many others that this is just not Cardinals' year. Cool.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, so it took him ten years just to get there.
0: Right, right. I mean, fair 10 enough. Years,
3: exactly. <laughs> yeah. So just going to be decline at some point. Time each year, in ten years, like. Gold gloves and silver sluggers or something like that. And then, you know, you get a steep decline after that. But hopefully Nor- uh, Arenado kind of finds his way. He goes back to driveline or something because he's a great player. He's a Hall of Fame type of player.
0: Yeah, I, it's hard to put a finger on what exactly was up with him. But, I mean, he was definitely off from the beginning of the season. There was a lot of mixed messaging coming out, along with all of the Wilson Contreras drama and everything else, from even just from like a coaching staff perspective, where he seemed really kind of lost and there was a lack of clarity. And I mean, who knows how all of it could possibly play into each other? But yeah, it's pretty crazy that both of our teams, with especially the caliber of players that they do have, both had the seasons that they did.
3: No, I hated going to Bush. <laughs> each time, each past few years was terrible. I hated it.
4: Yeah, we uh, did not perform. That's that's putting it nicely. <laughs>
2: that's an under, that's an understa- That's the understatement right yeah,
0: there. Yeah, that's putting it very kindly. Hey, you still finished over five hundred. So what can I? You find? know, it's
1: like one of those. It, it, it's one of those things where you just wake up. Like I wake up every day and I just like look back at the season and just shake my head. I'm like, how did the, like, how I, I was born in 86. The most recent, the first memories I have of baseball is 96. You know, when I was actually able to like follow the game and pay attention and know what was going on around me, I never thought I'd see the nineties, the early nineties and late eighties repeat itself with an 82 and 80 record. Like that's just, and then, you know, Dominguez blown his UCL, was just the icing on the cake. It's like, great. We can't even look forward to 24 now.
4: <laughs> I know. And we have like a glimmer of hope there too. It was like, oh my God, I don't know about you guys, but I was, I was like getting hope again. I was like, I don't know, this isn't off the table anymore. And then, yeah, he blows his UCL. and it's like, okay, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Now we don't even get to like see him now, next year. Like,
2: no, we'll get, we get them for half a season, but 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 have no fear. Hal's Hal's had those had the meetings down in Tampa, and had, they had the they had real conversations with everybody, and they're gonna they looked at it, they looked into into all the important things. And had the real had the real conversations, took a deep dive, and we'll still sit and wait and wait and wait as Hal still can't make up his mind on what to do. Uh, but that's for, that's, for, that's we'll be another wait twenty
3: twenty five.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hell yeah yeah his decisions will be in 2025 2026 that's when that's when it'll be done but before we before we jumped on we were kind of having this conversation about Kim, Kim Ang, and I let's I'll figure this is a nice spot to kind of swing it back to for a second here um said, know you you jumped on right at the end of it but why don't you give us your thoughts on Kel, on Kimang not re-upping with the Marlins
0: yeah so as soon as i saw the the news that she had decided to part ways Uh, and that was initially at least the way that it came out was like it was you know her decision. Uh, Jonna and I were actually texting each other and we were like I bet there's more to this you know and and we'll see what comes out and actually one of my favorite podcasts that I follow that I shared with Jonna is uh, done by the former president of the Miami Marlins David Sampson who shared his insight uh, the day after the news broke and it was it was very insightful as usual. And it made a lot of sense. And since then, you know, lots of other things have come out from the great writers at the athletic who uh, have really dug into it and provided us kind of the other side of it, which is, you know, the first thing that I said to Jana was surely they're not going to come out and say that they fired the first woman GM. So, Whether or not that is, you know, specifically the way that it happened. Obviously, they did not offer her the kind of extension that would have enticed her to stick around. And the biggest thing that it seems is that they were going to hire in a president of baseball operations over her, essentially demoting her right of taking a lot of decisions out of her hands. And it seems like. From stuff that's come out even just as recently as today that a lot of things were out of her hands already and it was just going to continue to put her in that position and you know i just i guess i ultimately think like it's a shame that they didn't see her value and continue to make things work for her because she's clearly made a difference in that organization just in the past couple of years when she's really had a hand in things but good for her for standing strong and walking away. And certainly there are only better opportunities ahead. But, yeah, it's a really bad look for the Marlins.
2: What about you, Jonah? What, what, what do you think?
4: I mean, yeah, as Kelsey mentioned, am I cutting out, by the way? I think I'm having some Internet issues. Are no, you're doing good. No. All right. So, but yeah, as Kelsey mentioned, we were texting back and forth and I certainly think there's more to it as well. Um, my initial thought was, I mean, they can't maybe it's a Jeter like exit where they couldn't get on the same page behind the scenes with decision-making. Um, but yeah, I mean more, more and more things are going to come to light and it'll be interesting to see where she goes. I mean, anybody would be lucky to have her.
2: I agree. And I, I also and Kelsey, I also listen to the David Samson podcast. I like I, li- I he, it's I like it. I like I like listening to the business side and the kind of like the management side of, of, of things because I'm not I'm 99% pro player on pretty much every every aspect of, of the game. But to but to put it in his in his words was the fact that even when she was hired, she wasn't really given the reins anyway. It was, she had, she was, she was, sec, she played second fiddle to Jeter the entire time until he left. And then she really had one just these past two years to kind of do her thing. And, you know, I don't think, and then you have the owner that's kind of now the quote unquote Medelson owner that wants to jump in, wants to be more hands-on where he wasn't because he had Derek Jeter next to him and let Derek Jeter do everything. So it was kind of a, one of those weird things where I think, you know, and Samson said himself that they're kind of getting rid of a lot of the, a lot of the cheater people in the Marlins organization kind of now bringing in more people that he wants to have in there. So I don't, know. You, you, you ladies are right. There's going to be more, more things coming out for it. I mean, there's a couple of GM spots available in some, some big markets, you have the Mets, which I don't know. I, I thought maybe she might, she might take a soft landing there, kind of get into a big market spot, but. When you have David Stearns there, you're not. He, she's not. She'll be in the same spot where she'd be with the Marlins. So, uh, you know, you got that. Then you you possibly have you have you have the Red Sox available availability with the Red Sox too. But if she wants to go there, but she might also take some time off and kind of do you know see, you know wait a year and see where the landscape lies after that. So there's a whole she's she's got the world she's got the world that are oyster worlds her oyster right now as they say. So, um, but in tune with that you know switching gear switching gears uh we got ALCS and got the NLCS
1: hold on which hold on hold on hold on one second. oh boy. this 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 is the part about this whole thing that i don't understand is that you see all these teams hiring a president of baseball operations like they're this grand wizard that they know all and like why not let your gm who's supposed to be your president of baseball ops by trade because they trade people they sign people they determine whether or not to call prospects so i don't understand this whole thing of point putting someone over the gm to oversee everything and moreover i cannot stand these owners that just cannot sit in the corner mind their business let the people that they brought in to run the team run the team like just sit over there and sign the checks and just leave everything alone and things will be just fine. That's all Bruce Sherman had to do was just leave, let Jeter do what he does and let Kim do what she does. And the Marlins would have been fine, except the Marlins just can't get out of their own way. And I don't mean to turn this into a Marlins podcast, but since I know oh, we've done before, that many times before pay attention to them because they only are four hours away. And it, it, it just, it just mind it's just mind boggling to me because the very fact that they can't put a winner in South beach blows my mind. Miami is like the epicenter for everything. And if you're a single professional athlete, that that should be like the first place you want to go. Either it's playing for the heat, the Dolphins, the Panthers, or the Marlins. Like it's, I just don't get it. And And that's that's where I'll end. I I just don't get it. They,
4: no, that's a good point because a lot of these guys live down there in the winter time too. Like that's the the prime spot to live, like
0: training in the off season. So
4: that's an excellent point. Um, I really, really felt like
0: Kim Ang won the trade deadline too. Honestly, like, and I don't know how familiar you guys are with the her coaching staff, but oh, absolutely, hands heard, down. Mm-hmm was the former uh, bench coach for the Cardinals. He, I mean, Mm -hmm. I think he's absolutely an NL manager of the year candidate. And she even mentioned in, you know, her exit that she was really going to miss working with him. And so it seems like, yeah, that they had a lot of really good things going for them. And surely, I think one of the points that David Sampson brought up was that, you know, their, their one run game uh, track record this season is not something that you can like count on, you know, being Mm -hmm. maintained year over year, but that being said, I kind of lumped them in with the Orioles this season as like they kind of outperformed what they were expected to do this season. So, you know, they're on the track to be more successful and headed in the right direc- direction next season. And that just wasn't like a major factor for me. But yeah, I mean, David, you hit the nail on the head.
2: But well, also what David said was funny that he wants to, he doesn't want a Meddleton owner. You know, just want someone to write in the checks, considering the fact that we all grew up I definitely did during during the heydays of of George Steinbrenner, and he was not the whoa, guy. That's- <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: there is a difference between George Steinbrenner and Bruce Sherman, my friend. There is a very <laughs> stark difference.
2: I will tell you. I will tell you the truth. Don't even have a lot. That- no, 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 no. You because you can't for an owner for five years. You can't give. You can't say that he's. You can't give a guy five years and say okay. There's a big difference. You gotta let him grow into everything. What what I'm saying is there is a lot of owners that are out there. Five the years right isn't enough time. Them. not when you had not when you had someone else run, running the show. You had you had Jeter running the show for what three years, and then then he caught, and then he got then they then they had a divorce. <laughs> That's really what came down to. It. He had divorced from Jeter because because Bruce Sherman's like Nah, I don't want to do what you want what you're doing anymore. He's like Yo, kick rocks right now, and Jeter said All right, fine, I'm done. But what I'm but on the but what I'm saying is like Yo. Let, Sherman wants to flex his muscle. He's got the he's got the money to flex his muscle. Let him let him do what he's got to do. You know, like give him a shot. Let him let him let him, he's he's one of he's one of these guys that are that were Wall Street guys that they made their all their money do in in finance. Let him see. Let him see. Let him run it. Let him run it by the spreadsheets that he has. I mean, you got Steve Cohen who's doing that. You got uh the Tampa Bay Rays. He uh, owner Stu Sternberg. He's he's a finance guy also. Like all these new finance guys that are running by the spreadsheets. They're coming in doing that stuff, man. Let them, let them ride, man. Good, good for them. They want, they think they know what they're doing. Go for it. You know what I'm saying? Let, let them ride with it.
0: When did paying for airfare become so unfair? At Southwest, we do things differently. So differently, we invented a word for it. Transparency. Transparency means we don't dream up ways we can trick you into paying more. It means respect. Because we don't just fly you, we like you.
1: Need points for that special vacation this year? Visit the Southwest Rapid Rewards link on our link tree and make a purchase of Southwest Rapid Rewards points today. Oh, we came to a grinding halt on that one. But you know what? Rangers tied everything up right now. All I'm saying is you've made the (laughs) postseason. You made the postseason the last two years in a row, and you run your GM out of town. That is not exactly a very smart thing to be doing. That's all I'm saying. They made the postseason 2020 in in a short season, and then this year,
2: 2023. Didn't
1: they make the wild card game last year too? Negative Ghost Rider. Mm -hmm. I thought they did. Oh, well. What do I know? Anyway, let's shift gears over to the ALCS (laughs) and NLCS, which have been heating up pretty well, um, even though I'm hoping to God that the Rangers can pull some magic and send the Astros and their trash cans packing. Um, What does everyone think about the postseason so far? We just saw a thrilling ending in the desert between Philadelphia and Arizona. That one was pretty lit. So what are we thinking?
4: Those team, those two teams in particular, for me, have been so much fun to watch. Oh, I mean, Kelsey and I had an episode the other night, and we talked about this. Like, I don't know, just the Diamondbacks doing what they're doing is so unexpected, but like, it's just been a lot of fun. And the Phillies, like, how can you not like them right now? The vibes that they're bringing, man.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I, I was getting shit on Twitter tonight because. I am apparently rooting for all of the teams, but like, I just, I am at this point. I mean, other, honestly, other than the Astros who I don't have like the deep seated hatred necessarily for as Yankee fans do, but I, they're one of the teams, like I just don't ever need to see win. So um, yeah, I mean, and i the Rangers have a lot of players that are easy to root for right now too, but I agree. Like I, it was weird because I was definitely rooting for the diamondbacks to win this game tonight, but then I was like, I mean, I wouldn't be mad if the Phillies won. Like, it's it's actually kind of fun and and not as stressful to, to sit back and enjoy it at this point. And, yeah, everyone who's playing is a blast to watch. And I'm glad, even with the Astros and the Rangers, that, you know, there's a little back and forth and it's not just another straight sweep and we get to see more good baseball. Yeah.
2: I think Dave just likes the fact that for the Rangers, that Creed showed up yesterday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why? What, what? What are you basing this on? I'm so confused right now. Like, how did on we get here? Back in
4: 1986, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> then you're
2: not, oh, 1986. Oh, that's probably right. that's the music. That's the music when you when you're forming everything.
1: Dude, no, just just stop. All right. just, just stop. Um, did you go to yeah, a I mean, concert, bro? It. Like you're there, like
3: front row. Like, was, I have never seen
1: Creed in concert, Creed?
3: Dude.
1: I went to Rockville and Daytona. I've was seen that? Godsmack twice this year.
3: Oh, I've Godsmack. Godsmack oh, twice okay. this year. Yeah. Okay. totally different I get confused between band. those bands. Totally totally different. I, don't, I, don't, I don't really <laughs> listen to that type of music.
1: Creed and Godsmack. You know, one, one of these is not like the other Danny. Same, um, same thing to me. Um, yeah, it's... <laughs> they've, they've, they've this postseason has be been higher. exciting. Um, yeah no, um, yeah it's been <laughs> exciting. Uh, it's you know it's been weird watching every night and not getting stressed out and pulling what little hair I have left out or you know like last year we were doing a we were doing a, a short thirty minute episode after every postseason game and after we got swept by the Astros, all four of us texted each other like you know what, maybe we should just do this in the morning when we've had time to like calm down and not let emotion take over and we all get canceled um, for taking on the entire Astros organization. But um, it's been exciting. Like on one hand, I'd love to see the Phillies win it all. But on the other hand, you know you got the Diamondbacks that just swept the Dodgers out of the playoffs. So you kind of like are rooting for them a little bit. And then it's just you're hoping Texas beats Houston because well, Houston is Houston, and we hate them. And but then you know if Texas goes and plays Arizona, you know what's going to happen. It's it's really conflicted feelings. But it's a weird feeling when your team's not in it. I'm a baseball yeah. junkie, so that's why I'm watching.
4: It was hard at first to get into it, too, especially with the wild card series, like, being all being sweeps. It was like, okay, this isn't very exciting. But then you kind of start yeah. your, like, allegiances after that. Or for me, that's how it felt.
2: Danny, what about you? You've been quiet over there.
3: Yeah, my incident has been weird. But um, for me, it's like a regional thing. Uh, I want to see the fil- – like, I want to see Bryce Harper win just to kind of like shove it in Brian Cashman's face. Like you should have signed this guy. You should have done everything to get Bryce Harper into pinstripes. So I I enjoy the fact that he's doing what he's doing. Nick Castellanos is a a cool dude. He's like a different type of guy. So I'm rooting for, for, for him and that personality Schwarber. um, I mean, he's clutch and for him to hit like 199 and 40 homers and, you know that goes to show that batting average only means so much so he's he's kind of he's kind of my type of guy
1: let's not go down this road brother let's not go down this road (laughs) so so we are not going down this road for everyone
2: everyone else danny danny is the is the is the new age analytics guy who does not believe in in batting average so just so that no just to to kind of keep them in on the Danny doesn't believe
1: that batting average wins you baseball games
3: Mm. No, no, no.
1: And that all it's not about content. No.
3: <laughs> no, they no they they are a team statistic. It is. This runs bad in because you drive other people in because they got on base in front of you. Anyway, listen. I don't value batting average as much as I value other statistics like WAR, ones for created plus, OPS. When it comes down to my statistical analysis and, and how I view players, batting average is on the lower end. I still value it because I think it's important. You got to get hits. We have to get hits. It's the the name of the game, but everything else I feel is a little bit more important. So, which is why Schwarber had like a almost 900 OPS and he's hitting lead off with 40 homers and you know, all this stuff. So, uh, Schwarbers is that type of guy. That's Schwarbers is what Joey Gallo should have been right to everybody, you know, who, who wanted Joey Gallo to do well and Joey Gallo could never even reach that. But, um, Phillies, I don't want the Diamondbacks to do anything. They broke my heart in 2001. Like, they're they're dead to me. Um, That's the first time I ever cried after a baseball game. I was 11 years old. My dad was like, what are you doing? So, yeah, I don't want the Diamondbacks to win at all. I was fourteen, and yeah, it was a bad day. Oh my god! And
4: I, I I, seriously, it took me till this year to get over the Diamondbacks. Like, I don't hate them anymore. I mean, I didn't hate them by any means, but like, I, I I can appreciate.
1: I was good with it. (laughs) I was good with it until they mentioned Tony Womack and Luis Gonzalez during the game tonight. I was like, all right, you know what? Like. I was good until you brought those two guys up. Thanks a lot, Ron Darling. Yeah. Yeah. And Randy
4: Johnson, I, like, never could like that guy after Josh. that. Like, even when he came to the Yankees, I was like, I don't – I can't.
3: <laughs> and then he was terrible with the Yankees on top Oh, so, he was so bad.
1: <laughs> they shut him off to Cincinnati. He
3: was, he was so bad. They were like, here you go. Yeah, he was – no, he, he. I don't know. But he was here for a year and a half. And I just remember the 501 ERA. Somehow you won 17 games, but that 501 ERA always stuck out to me like a sore thumb. Like you never see Randy Johnson with the 501 ERA. And he had to do with the it Yankees. Like 45 years old. Like, what do you want? You <laughs> Kick rocks. I don't, I don't care. Cake rocks. <laughs>
2: Now, but I will say I do like
1: anyway. A lot of, all these all these all
2: these, teams, all these teams. Hold on, I'm saying all these teams that are in there right now. I will say that you do have a lot of sorry, young right. baseball play. You got a lot of good young baseball being played right now. I mean, Arizona's got a lot of got they. They made the deals and they had they have Corbin Carroll who's gonna win Rookie of the Year. He's gonna be he's in the he's in the running for 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 MVP as well. I mean, he, I mean he he had he had, the dude had a year. They got that. They got a catcher of the future, and Gabriel Mar, uh, Moreno. I mean, they're gonna have. They got some. They got some players coming through, and you can't go. They got some some stuff happening in the future. I mean, Texas, shoot, they they did they did what the Yankees did back in the Man, they just bought. They bought themselves. They bought themselves this team. They just threw. They threw money at the, at all the issues they had and said, you know what? Boom, here we go. And then they just turn around. They start drafting all their the pitching that they're gonna have in the, in the next. Five years. That's all just going to come up when all those other contracts are done. They're going to have studs coming through that system. You know, the Astros, we say what we want to say about the Astros. Most of the guys on that team are that we hated are gone with the exceptions yeah. of, you know, Bregman and and uh, Altuve, excuse me. But all these new guys come up. I mean, you know, they got Jordan Alvarez is a stud. I mean, you can't see. It is what it is. He's a dude's a stud. Uh, you got a bunch of other guys that are that are on that team now that are re, that are really good and they're kind of doing their thing. Um, the Phillies, I mean, the Phillies got swag. The Phillies got all that swag going for them, and you you can't you you kind of that's the, that's the kind of like the front runner man. You a team like that with that swag got got to run with them the entire time. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm going to ride with that team the entire time. But. Did
4: you guys see what I tweeted out earlier? It was it was a quote from Arizona Sports about the Phillies. It's like I have to read it because yeah. it's too good. Yeah. Of course, it was. Um, uh, the Phillies have the pedigree, up. the star power, and a lot of facial hair. They look like a beer league softball team that will beat you by mercy rule while rallying around the keg in their dugout before challenging you to a fist fight on your way to the parking lot. <laughs> I
2: was like, Let's that is the, like perfect. That's my that's accurate. my, t- that's right, my kind accurate. of team. That's my <laughs> that's my kind of team right there. <laughs> and like, it's please, a North please, play team. We know mentality. we'll never have
4: that. Like, we will never have that in New York. Obviously, like we can't have facial oh, hair. Yeah. But like, oh, we'll man. never have that. Like that. Like frat boy mentality. It's like almost frat. It's a frat house in there.
2: You kind of had that in the like well, when Swisher was there. They they kind of had some of those that Wait, kind of that little bit there. of that right. yeah. Yeah. Like, like yeah, like, and that AJ of, Burnett and Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah they, they kind of brought that, that culture. That,
4: was, well, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you I guys have had a lot of that culture too, Kelsey, and and Cardinals Land.
0: Yeah, I think the Cardinals and the Phillies, like personally, I think they have some similar organizational vibes overall. Yeah. Yeah, the, the thing Phillies about are the Phillies
1: is they play the baseball. The things about the thing about the Phillies is they play baseball with the mentality of a hockey team, in my opinion. Like, yeah. that, that's what I see. Like, just the attitude. They play with the mentality of the hockey team.
4: Yeah. No, that, that actually, like, kind of hits it, I think.
1: Yeah. So, speaking of um, left-handed pitchers, let's shift gears to jordan montgomery because this one's got me a little spun up because everyone's like "Oh, the yankees are talking about getting him and blah 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 and it's like you really think this guy is gonna leave texas to come back to this dysfunctional whatever you want to call it for for not for pennies like i i just don't see it happening i don't know what everybody else thinks but me personally I don't if I if I'm Jordan Montgomery, I would not want to go back to the Yankees because they they shipped him off for a busted, broken outfielder. And, you know, they basically told him that yeah, we don't see you being a postseason pitcher. And everyone's on tw- in Twitter land is like, oh, the Yankees are going to sign him. It's like if I'm if I'm him personally, I'm not coming back. I just don't know what everybody else thinks.
4: I mean, I'll be honest. I'm one of them who's like, hey, come back to us. But also knowing like there's no way he's not or there is no way he's coming back to us after the way he was treated. But I also think we should still go for him. Like it would be stupid not to try.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's a Scott Boris client. If the price is right. Uh, I call him J money. I don't think that he, uh, I don't think he particularly wants to go to the Yankees. He's talked about how much he likes having his beard. So for that alone, I think he's just, you know, glad to not have to worry about that. But I don't know. Do you really think the Rangers are? I mean, they have Degrom. They have Scherzer still on their payroll for next season. Do you think they're the most likely to go after him instead?
2: Well, here's, well,
0: here's the thing. We, well,
2: here's the, well, don't, well, don't forget with with the, with, the, with Scherzer, they're not paying a whole lot of that money. The Mets ate.
0: Our, yeah, eating, that's true.
2: <laughs> Mets are eating money right now. Mets, the same thing with with Verlander with 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 um, with Houston. Mets are yeah. eating the money. <laughs> like, they they turn around and say, "Give me, your, we'll take some of your bets, but we're gonna we'll eat the money." And they're gonna have the Mets will still probably have the biggest payroll next year too, with just paying out people yeah. that they're sending out all over the place. Yeah. So, I don't Jordan Montgomery. I don't know. It's a tough. It's a tough thing. He's got ties here. I mean, he still he he and Cece Sabathia are still tight. So and Cece Sabathia's got got tons of connections and still does stuff with the Yankees. So I'm sure that if they really want to make a push for him, then they'll they'll kind of invoke CC to kind of reel him in, kind of say, "Come up, come come back, come back home." It there was a reason for it, and to the point where everyone still forgets that he wasn't when the Yankees chipped him off. Guess what? He went to St. Louis, and St. Louis didn't even use him as a, as as a postseason pitcher. So you kind of can't. That's kind of not really the for me. That's that's a no, that's a non-starter for why to come back anyway. Like he went, he went to another team, St. Louis. St. Louis turned around; they didn't start him in, the, in their postseason run, and then St. Louis went, were the ones who shipped him off to Texas. So, it's kind of it's kind of an odd oddball thing, anyway. Um, but you know, you're right. I mean, he's a Scott Boris guy. He's gonna he's gonna go. The money's gonna talk, and wherever he winds up going is where it's gonna be. Who knows? Maybe he's gonna go to Philadelphia for some reason. They Scott Boris' Scott Boras clients
1: always wind up going over to Philly. Kelsey, tell us from a Cardinals fan perspective, how did you guys view Jordan Montgomery in the way that they used him? Because after he was gone, we just basically didn't hear anything about that. Like, how did he perform in St. Louis?
0: Um, I mean, for all practical purposes, he was our, he might as well have been our ace when he was on the team. (laughs) I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of competition, but yet, I mean, he pitched very well. My favorite game that I actually attended last year was he threw a complete game shutout against the Cubs at Wrigley Field. And that was one of his first few starts, I think, uh, in early August uh, for the Cardinals. And he, I've actually heard Jordan Montgomery say himself that, you know, he he, don't, he doesn't think that he was as consistent as he needed to be when he was on the Yankees so he doesn't necessarily like hold that against him for, hold that against the Yankees for not seeing him as part of their postseason run and but that's also the kind of guy that you want is a guy that's going to take ownership like that so I don't know as Cardinal fans we were all huge fans of him personally I was the most sad to see him go at the trade deadline but with the way the team was performing there was simply no other option There was no reason to continue to to pay him and try to hold on to him knowing, one, he's a Scott Boris client. Very, very, very unlikely the Cardinals are going to sign him just because of that alone. Uh, He's a starting pitcher and he's a Scott Boris client. No, it pains me to say it because I would love to see him back in a Cardinal uniform, but – it is one of the last the biggest surprises i guess <laughs> would be is if that happened uh but yeah i mean we basically had to give him away because we weren't making use of him and that's i think that's how the fan base sees it
2: all right i got so i got this question because this has kind of been on my mind and i like getting different opinions and different ideas i'll start with i'll start with Kelsey, then i'm going to switch throw this over to john if you what are the th- two to three moves that you want the Cardinals to do? It could be buying, selling, whatever, trading, whatever you want to do. Could could be any which way. What are the two to three moves that the Cardinals must do this offseason?
0: Well, they've said they're gonna do it, and I hope they do it. The only thing that I really desperately think they need to do is sign three starting pitchers, sign or trade for three starting pitchers. They need three top-of-the-rotation starting pitchers. The largest free agent contract for a starting pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals was a 2013 contract for Adam Wainwright for $97 million. So that tells you their willingness to pay for those kinds of players, and that's where we as a fan base are like, so is it really going to happen? Because, I mean, they are notorious for having to have their backs against the wall to make those kinds of organizational changes and, and hopefully that's where we're at. But as far as I'm concerned, there are some guys I really hope that they're able to hold on to uh, while still doing that and making, cause they'll probably have to make at least one, if not two trades, especially considering uh, how unwilling they are to shell out the free agent money to get those kinds of players. But yeah, as far as I'm concerned, give me three solid starters and let's run it back.
2: All right, with those starting pitchers, which one who you would rather want, Yamamoto or Snell?
0: Yamamoto, hands down.
2: That's I think that's gonna that's the going trend for everybody around the around the around the league.
0: Yeah, Snell is too unconventional, in my opinion, and he's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, me and everyone else, Yamamoto, <laughs> I'll take him. But yes, yeah. yeah, I, I could see. Snell I just and- wrote
1: an article about him. He's not going to St. Louis.
0: I, I believe you because, like I said, I, I'm i at the point with them where I'm like, until I see it, I don't believe their willingness to spend for someone like that. Um, but, yeah, that would be – there is no one else I would rather have.
3: I, I got a couple starting pitchers for you that's on the Yankees roster right now. Well, at least one. <laughs>
0: um,
3: one, one in particular. Um, Clark Schmidt, he made 32 starts last year had around a four or five ERA. Uh, This is his first year really being a big league starter. So there's room to grow. Okay. Uh, And he has, he has an arsenal that could be front of the, maybe like a two or three type of type of guy. I I have a trade for you. How would you feel like a Clark Schmidt for Brendan Donovan? Well, maybe Clark Schmidt plus a little bit more for a guy like Brendan Donovan. How much would that hurt you?
0: Brendan Donovan is is one of the guys on my like, do not talk to me list. <laughs> like, yeah, got it. So it's a good trade for us. Got it. All right. Yeah. Be Donnie. Cool. I can't. So, it Clarkson, my heart. Think about it.
3: Will Warren for for Brandon Donovan. I I think that's a fair trade. Will Warren was the pitcher of the month for AAA uh, in September. Uh, a lot of ops upside there. Um so hey let's let's make a deal. It's got to hurt for each side. <laughs>
0: well with what you're saying right now about these pitchers, Danny, the Cardinal fan base I'm sure is is hearing you and saying those sound like St. Louis Cardinals to me because like I said we're I wish we were holding our breath for Aaron Nola, for Jordan Montgomery, for Yamamoto, but it, those are probably the guys that we're going to end up with and
3: Hey not according. for Brendan
0: Donovan, though. Uh, against. My <laughs>
3: kind of I will. I will love to see Brendan Donovan playing second and third, maybe a little bit left, and batting lead off for the Yankees in 2020, 2024.
0: I mean, he would be in 2024 as a hitter in Yankee Stadium.
1: I can only That'd imagine.
3: My God, I mean, the on base alone.
1: Listen, the the only person that. A Clark Schmidt or a Will Warren is ending up in a package for is for Juan Soto to the Padres. So, yeah, you guys can I approve we'll that? Take a Don't worry about now. losing Brendan Donovan because Juan Soto is coming to the Bronx, and I guarantee you those two guys are going to be involved
3: in that trade. no nah, it's going to take. It's going to start with Drew Thorpe and then some, and and that's kind of where it ends with the starting pitching for us to get Juan Soto. I'm cool with it. Yeah, me too. I don't I'm, care. I'm all about gave
1: it. You Give away dude. the like, whole farm. Like I,
2: against, I, like, I, no, no, I don't
3: though, care. I don't care. I'm like, whoa, Dave, Dave,
2: Let, well, let, let, uh, let, let, let Joanna tell, tell. Give her. give her opinion on on uh, what the Yankees need. You said, you, what's your What's uh, your three What's your three uh, What's your three moves?
4: Uh, well, we need a starter because we are. That is a disaster. Gary Coleman every game what's that?
0: I said (laughs) yeah we can't start every game
4: yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but I don't know how I feel about it because it's like what are we gonna do I mean we can't we're our hands are pretty tied so like I how do you guys feel about Rodon because everyone's giving me a hard time like give him another year like let's see how he does I'm like no I don't I feel like he's he's
2: he's done. He's a contract. He's a he's a pitcher. He pitches he pitches well. He's kind of like he's that he's that guy that pitches really. Well he has a lot of contract here, but he's but there for another six years. So I mean, you gotta stick. You're gonna have to stick around with him. If he's if he comes in if he comes in healthy and he kind of shoves like he did in in Chicago, the last year of Chicago and then when he was with with uh, San Francisco then then it kind of makes it worthwhile cuz then you got your 1A1 you got you got your 1 and 1 and 1A right there but he's got to come in healthy and once yeah, he does that he,
4: Nestor coming back I'm healthy is, oh, like we need Nestor to come back healthy like more than anything and then obviously king was starting to look really good toward the end there um and then yeah I'm I'm with you David I I want Juan Soto
2: What's your what's your package for something? What's your package for something? What's solo? my package deal? Oh my god! Yeah. I don't well, know. What does it start? What, what, well, is it start? What, do you, what do you what do you what do you start? What are you starting with? How about that? What are you starting with?
4: What am I starting with?
2: Yeah, what's your what's your point? headliner? Who's your, yeah, who's the headliner of the deal for to send him out there? Stanton. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh,
4: Look, I love Big G, but he's lost. Problem.
3: Yeah, I I think Rodon needs to go to the school of Garrett Cole and figure out a way to limit the homers. Like he cannot pitch the same way he did in San Francisco. Like, period. Bottom yeah. line, and. And Garrett Cole last year, the only reason why he didn't win another Cy Young was because he gave up like forty homers. Then he came into this year, maybe gave up fifteen to twenty at most. So, like, figure out how to way to pitch Yankee Stadium. Like, just just go to that school and figure that out. And Rodon could be back to being uh, a top of the line starter.
2: See the, the number three right there. He needs a third pitch. Is what he needs. Fast, high, high, high velocity fast. He, he doesn't throw it. That's what I'm saying. Like he needs a third pitch. The slider, the slider, the slider down. The the fastball up. You know that's all. That's all he really throws. He needs a third pitch. I don't care what it is. Just needs a third pitch. Even if it's even if it's a cutter at that point. Just give me give me something that just throws him off.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. But I also don't my, think we saw a healthy Rodon this thing. year.
3: hmm
1: No. So, John, what was that? What you were saying? My whole thing about Rodon. Go ahead, All Dave. I, Dave, go.
2: Time, yeah, go ahead.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> I'll, I'll make this quick because my internet is lagging really bad, and I'm about ready to throw my computer against the wall. Um. Anyway, um, about Rodon, I, I I think that. I think they signed a damaged player. I think they were so desperate to sign somebody after they got Judge that he was the only option out there, I think. And I and Hal was promising something else after they signed Judge. So they were their hands were kind of forced to sign this guy. He's injured coming out of spring training, he gets back three months into the season, gets hurt again and then just serves up meatball after meatball after meat. Like that last game he pitched against the Royals, which is absolutely just soul crushing. Like how do you give up eight runs in no innings pitched? Like someone explained this to me because it just absolutely makes no sense at all. Like that was the icing on the cake with the season. Like when I saw that stat line and I'm like, you, you can't make this up. Like this is almost as believable as Chapman going on the IL from getting an infection, from getting a tattoo. Like that that's how I thought I was being pranked. <laughs>
2: that happened to Elvis Andrews. Elvis Andrews had like two two sleeves done and he went on the ILC. because he... or he, he couldn't start the season because he because he was hurting so much after uh, after getting tattooed.
3: That's terrible.
4: Like this was seriously the ugliest year on the mound. I can't even thinking back to like yeah. Damn. Wow. But I mean, we rushed him back to like after his injury, we rushed him back. He was not ready to come back.
0: Well, it's these kinds of conversations that, you know, John Moselock is just sitting at home cackling, counting his dollar bills, because this is exactly why the Cardinals don't sign these, these big pitcher deals. And i like, I'm like, let's, let's move on. Cause I don't, I don't need to think about how, you know, nine times out of 10, these, these pitching contracts don't play out and they never, I mean, I shouldn't say never, but very, very rarely do they live up to their value or, you know, outperform their contract. And the, the Yankees and the Cardinals, that would be, I think the biggest difference between the two of them is like, the Yankees are really willing to put up the money and take that chance. And the Cardinals are super risk averse when it comes to that. And sometimes it works out <laughs> for one. And sometimes it works out for the other. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: No, oh, I hear you. I hear you. Oh, let me oh Joanna, I want to ask you this one. Let me throw this this idea to you. Are you, are you willing to give Glaber Torres an extension?
4: A thousand percent. I I so, really want Glaber to stay. Like what we saw from him this year. I don't know. I'm
2: not oh. willing to give him up. Damn. Even if even if even if he even if he's even if he's the headliner for Juan Soto, whoa!
4: Like I, got, I mean, if that's the only way we get him, then I guess. But I don't know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop, stop well, right
3: there, Glaber. huh? Glaber's due for a huge raise. He's about to get like a fit, like he's about to get paid fifty million dollars this year. Based on what he did last year, um, and there's not much maneuverability in this Yankees budget. Um, a lot of money is coming off, but we got to supplement. And if we got to get like a guy like Juan Soto, that's thirty million dollars right there. So we got to figure out ways to to cut payroll to to get him into our budget. Um, So, with that being said, I'm kind of open to the idea of trading labor to to have money for a guy like Soto. Danny, but we got that, star that has insurance. to happen.
4: Okay, we got star insurance thing.
3: <laughs> I know twenty million dollars. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, twenty five million. Sir.
1: So twenty five
3: million. Twenty five. Twenty five. Right, right into house pocket. He's he's re you know yeah they they were doing our clubhouse we have a better uh, they have better places to sleep now and some some lunch tables I guess I don't know what they're yeah. doing in the Yuki's clubhouse now making it
2: making it easier play,
4: play we left we got field. a better
2: cry room
4: we got a better cry room and up in the clubhouse
3: <laughs> exactly yeah oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> they have a, they have a, they everybody so needs a, a little cry here and there. <laughs>
4: You
2: have it's 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 they have a new, have a new no, room
4: to hug it, it all out. They have a new on, like, punch bag room. <laughs> 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 we got to name it it's after sad. him. It's so bad.
1: <laughs> so bad. Jonna, let me, let me ask you this. Um, how infuriating is it to you when you hear the Yankees can't sign X player because of finance? financial constraints like does it set you off like you're Hal steinbrenner you got more money than god and you're managing your money like you're the kansas city royals
4: yeah yeah it absolutely does but you know what i find more infuriating is the way that we manage our farm system like the way that we let guys go i'll agree with that and let guys stay down there yeah. until they're freaking 28 years old. And you know, all this time <laughs> we could have either put them in a good package deal or use them.
3: Yeah. Case of point. Yeah, I agree. Clint Frazier, Miguel Andujar, Esteban Flores. Andujar, uh, that's Chase the biggest one. Like, yeah. Come on come on like once Gio came up and he became who he was like why not trade mickey for a low-end starter type of guy in someone's some, someone's system that you know you could take a a chance on or a reliever yankees know how to develop relievers they do a really good job at that why not take advantage but i mean this is going back in the past here uh but that's certainly a criticism for brian cashman a one thousand percent
4: yeah and i'm gonna lose my shit if we start this next season and these guys are back down in triple A, like Peraza and Pereira and
2: I
3: don't
2: know. Yeah. Oh. Per- Peraza, well, they don't never they, they, they never gave a real shot to Peraza at all. And that's the unfortunate thing because he he he's a, he's he could play. The kid could play. He's a go- he's a gold glove defender. And his bat's not bad. It just they never gave him they it wasn't until the end of the year that they gave him a, a legit shot to play. And that was that's the most heartbreaking part of the whole thing.
4: Yeah, so. I agree. I also don't really know why we were messing with like Franchi Cordero and Jake Bowers and <sighs> yeah, <I don't
1: laughs>
2: Billy <know>. McKinney, <laughs>
4: Billy McKinney, yeah,
2: <laughs> Willie <laughs> Calhoun. the Quad A, the, really quad, squad.
4: the, wow. year.
2: Like, the quad A squad, like guys,
3: yeah, the Quad A squad, terrible. It was so hard I to watch. Franchise, I can't, I can't imagine. Uh, Gosh. And, you know, I think going into the season, we both had, like, I, I think yeah. consensus, consensus was Cardinals went in the central, right? You look at that central division and the Brewers are, you know, okay. Like maybe they might be good. They can't hit, but they can pitch. The Cubs are up and coming, but you really don't know much is going to happen with them. Cincinnati, same thing. But you see the talent on the Cardinals and you're like, arenado goldschmidt after the years that they had last year you're like yeah you could pencil that, that team win the central and then you look at the yankees despite us not really making real additions offensively we could still kind of like hey i can see the yankees at least number one wild card or at least one in the al east and then both teams just absolutely you know shit the bed for lack of a better term right I want to get your, 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 your opinion on Ali Marmol. I I think he's one foot out the door.
0: I think that's probably accurate. I personally don't have like any ill will against him or like hold anger or a lot of blame at him because I don't personally think that he has enough say in what's actually going on. Uh, And, and he certainly wasn't set up to succeed in terms of things that very easily could have gone wrong. They all went wrong this season and that's, you just can't, you can't rely on that. So I don't think that he was set up to succeed enough for, for the blame to be on him. And I think the Cardinals are notorious at this point for hiring uh, and wanting to put like a yes man in that position. And so I, the, the only thing that I really held against him was that he wasn't the best with the media at times over this past season when the days were the darkest. And I think they, he just could have had some better support in um, you know creating better dialogue with the media and being less defensive. So I didn't love that. But if you have heard that uh, the Cardinals are actively... In talks to bring Yadi or Molina back on the coaching staff, that is very much happening. And in what capacity, that's very much up in the air. But that makes you think even more, okay, well, if Molina has any interest <laughs> in, in coming back and being a part of things, you could see that very easily being the direction that they take full on. Uh, and, and yeah, he's not on contract after this season. So do I think that he could be a successful major league manager in the future? Absolutely do i hate him and i'm calling for his job definitely not but do i see him as a long-term fit with the cardinals probably not that was a lot of thoughts sorry
3: (laughs) (laughs) we're all good we're
2: all foreign here
3: we're all long-winded don't don't sweat it you're (laughs) in good company
2: that's why
0: we do this right
2: oh yeah (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Oh, yeah. uh, Jonna, Kelsey, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, please tell everyone where they can find you guys.
4: Yeah, you can find our um, the Babes Babes podcast at Babes Babes Pod on Twitter and Babes Babes Podcast on Instagram. And then I'm at 90s Yanks Kid on Twitter.
0: And I am at Kaber Tweets, my little name right here <laughs> on Twitter uh, and at peace.love.baseball on Instagram. And then Babes Babes is on YouTube as well. So you can find us there. And thanks so much for the chat. Fellas. Well,
1: ladies, I, we thank you. Yes, we, we, we absolutely enjoyed this. We'll have to do this again in the future sometime. You guys are always welcome here. Um, friends among friends, you know, I'm glad we were able to do this and, it was, it was an awesome time, so thank you so much for, for coming on tonight. And for Alex, you couldn't be here tonight. Mark, David, Danny, Bronx and Chachos, and we were
3: out the door.